everyone, and welcome back to Crypto Chats. I'm your host, Kenzie Gleason, and I've got some uh, cool things for you guys this week. Sorry, I had like a brain fart there in the middle of my sentence. Um, so first of all, uh, excuse my absences the last couple of weeks, I went on vacation and I intended to um, upload an episode, but then I woke up super early, like two o'clock in the morning early to go to the airport, and I totally forgot, and I didn't bring my laptop with me, so... I realized afterwards, and I was like, whoops, oh well, that's okay. So, now here we are, um, with the episode that was meant to come out, like, two weeks ago, but that's okay. Um, and then before we get into today's episode completely, um, I just want to remind everybody that in a couple weeks, I think it's, like, two and a half weeks from now, um, Cryptid Bash 2 is happening, which I will be at. You can come see me, and, you know, if we haven't met in person, you can come meet me. I'll have some crypto attached t-shirts. I'll have, um, I'll be with the other Manic Pixie Dream Ghouls, my other podcast. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited. Last year was a blast, and it was so nice to see everybody. Um, so this year, I'm sure it's going to be even better. Um, so that will be August 6th in Morgantown, West Virginia. Um, I believe it's 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. That's what it was last year, so I'm assuming it's going to be that this year as well, and it's at Morgantown Art Party, um, which is a super, super cool place in Morgantown. If you've never been to it, you should check it out, uh, preferably at Cryptid Bash, too, so you can come say hi um, and see all of the Cryptid friends and myself. Um, And like I said, I'll have some t-shirts. I got uh, a really nice um, design uh, on a really nice color, uh, which will surprise nobody when they see it, but I'm not going to give it away until, until the day of, um, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to see all the friends and, um, see all of you guys. And I think in general, it's just going to be a really good event. Um, so mark your calendars, get your, your butts out to, uh, Morgantown, August 6th. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I hope I can see as many people as possible there. Um, cause it's, it's very much worth whatever drive you have. Uh, for me, it's about 12 hours, um, including stops. Uh, it's about 12 hours. So kind of a long drive, but so very worth it. So everybody should come out to that. So now let's jump into this week's episode. I've got a really cool one for you guys. I, I remember, I mean, again, I wrote this two weeks ago with the intention of putting it out then. Um, but I remember doing the research and being like, damn, this is really cool. Um, and I love sharing stories that I feel that way about. That's like the whole purpose of this podcast is being like, wow, that's really cool. I want to share it with as many people as I can. Um, so this is called the Felix Stowe Fire Demon. Um, and, you know, once again, I, I've said this before, but just to reiterate, I am moving out of just doing North and South America. Um, so this one takes place in Felix Stowe, England, uh, kind of hopping around across the pond, doing a little bit um, something different. So... Uh, Without further ado, let's get into it. On the evening of September 20th, 1965, three friends set out for a drive along Walton Avenue. Jeffrey Maskey drove, while his two friends, Mavis Fordyce and Michael Johnson, chatted amongst themselves in the backseat, and after a few minutes, Maskey pulled off the road next to a row of hedges to preserve some gas and joined in on the conversation. The group sat in the car talking to each other and hanging out for a pretty decent amount of time before Johnson abruptly opened the door and walked out into the woods with no explanation. Fordyce and Maskey thought very little of it as they assumed he had just gone to use the bathroom in the woods. Which honestly is a pretty 
normal assumption, I think. I think the only thing that would have been weird about that is if, you know, the fact, if that's what was what he was doing, excuse me, um, he probably would have said something about it. Anyway, moving on. Very shortly after their friend had disappeared into the tree line, Fortis and Maskey began to hear a high-pitched thrumming noise, seemingly coming from all around them. Fordyce became increasingly anxious as the sound began to overwhelm her, and Maskey pulled himself out of the car window to try to pinpoint the source of the noise. Upon climbing out the window, Maskey noticed and pointed out to Fordyce a weird orange glow that seemed to be consuming their car. Looking up, Maskey noticed a large oval orange craft floating about 90 feet above their vehicle. So take a second to just picture that. You've got this large oval-shaped bright orange craft in the sky against the night sky. So it sticks out like a sore thumb, you know, kind of in, in that, that zone. It's super cool. Fortis pulled herself out the window to observe the craft as well, and they estimated it was about six feet wide and glowed so brightly that it washed out the entire countryside surrounding them with the same weird glow that Maskey had noticed previously. Maskey and Fortis exited the car at this moment and ran to the tree line, calling for Johnson to return so that they could leave. After a few minutes of calling out to him, Johnson appeared through the trees and stumbled out of the brush to meet his friends. He was dazed and confused, really unaware of his surroundings, and eventually ended up passing out, to which Maskey and Fortis brought him to the hospital. Johnson was treated for several burns around his neck and severe shock, which contributed to the memory loss he experienced when he asked what had happened to him. He spent the rest of the evening in the hospital, naturally. The next morning, Fortis and Maskey visited Johnson in the hospital, desperate to find out why he had vanished the previous night and how he ended up in such a bad way. By this point, the shock had worn off a bit, and Johnson's memories were starting to come back to him, so he relayed his tale to his friends. Um, And this is what he told them. He described the sudden urge to leave the car as soon as they pulled off to the side of the road, as if something was pulling him into the woods. He was successful in fighting the urge uh, for a brief period of time while they were all having that conversation, if you recall, uh, but eventually found it pointless as his entire body was actively moving him deeper into the woods. He claimed the quote-unquote unknown force made him walk an unspecified distance until he eventually came face-to-face with a very large humanoid being. The being featured large sloping eyes that glowed through the darkness, and another incredibly bizarre feature, it was engulfed in orange flames. This was the point in which Johnson passed out in the woods, only to wake up in the hospital bed the following morning. So, let's dissect this a little bit. So this man is in the car with his friends, right? And he's, like, feeling this urge, like, hey, I need to go. I need to get into the woods. I need to go. Something's calling me, right? And he's able to kind of push it out of his head for a little bit. Um, And then eventually it becomes too strong, and he's like, all right, time to go. And he just goes. Um, And he's walking, he's walking. He doesn't know how far he's walking, but he's walking. And eventually he runs into this humanoid being. I wish that he had been able to describe a little bit more about what this humanoid being looked like, because the large sloping eyes... It has a very, in my mind, immediately my brain goes to Crescent the Alien, but I don't necessarily think that's true. Because now that I said that out loud, I'm like, do I know what Crescent looks like? And I do know what Crescent looks like, but now I'm doubting myself. So we're going to forget that I said that. But large sloping eyes, and then the only other feature being recognizable or, I guess, significant enough for him to 
remember to be able to to relay which this is a very significant feature is it being engulfed in flames so that's that's bizarre to me right because i feel like if there was this random creature, you know even if it was super far in the woods first of all how did it not catch anything on fire right they're on the woods so like how is this like dude guy just standing there covered in flames and not catching anything on fire weird anyway how do his friends not see it you know, he he walked. He didn't know how far he walked. He could have walked a couple miles. He could have walked a hundred feet. You know, it, it, there's no way for us to tell. There's no way for, I guess, him to have been able to tell since he was in this trance-like state, kind of being pulled, um, you know, to the spot where he met this humanoid. Uh, but I would like to think that if something is glowing on fire, glowing orange fire, that maybe you would be able to see it through the trees. Um, I don't know. That's just me. But he was also treated for severe burns around his neck, which kind of to me and just his neck, that was a very specific detail that it was just his neck. To me, that kind of um, tells a tale of this being maybe grabbing him, you know, uh, trying to choke him, something like that. Him having no burns and being treated for no burns anywhere else on his body um, except for his neck, just to me, it's, it, it's the obvious what happened, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, yeah, obviously this thing went for his neck, but because he has no recollection of it, it's like, well, is that why he passed out? Maybe this thing choked him out. Maybe, um, you know, part of its telekinesis or, or something it was, I don't, man, I don't even know how to phrase what I'm trying to say. Maybe, you know, I'm thinking, think Eleven from Stranger Things, right? She's got her, she uses her brain and she's able to manipulate things, but she's able to grab things and that, you know, mental manipulation. So maybe we've got a moment like that where this being had kind of been pulling him in this trance, maybe by the neck. Um, and that right, you would think that maybe his friends would have noticed that. I don't really know. There's, there's a lot of holes in this one to me, but it's super interesting because... I feel like, at least I have never experienced um, a UFO sighting similar to this one where, you know, the light thing is, is pretty similar. That feels like a pretty standard uh, addition to any UFO encounter. Uh, but the, the fact that the light was orange, I feel like, is, is kind of unusual. I feel like that's not really a color that's ever associated with aliens and UFOs and all that good stuff. Um, so for this, the whole kind of uh, theme of this encounter to be orange is interesting. But then obviously the humanoid on fire is, is like not <laughs> something we see all that often. Uh, you know, there are very similar characteristics to this encounter to a lot of other ones. Uh, but that specific part really is, is just crazy to me. Um, they He also said, Johnson recalled that he had absolutely no recollection of walking through the woods back to his friends right like he remembered being pulled out of the car um and walking for an unspecified amount of time um and then meeting up with this humanoid but then that's where his memory stops you know he black basically blacked out after that so he's wandering back through the woods probably by instinct um or you know his subconscious kind of picked up the path that he took uh, to get to where he was in the woods um, from the car so he could get back to the car. Uh, but, you know, 
he came out of that in a in a daze, super confused, um, and had literally no memory, and still didn't after the the shock kind of wore off of how he got back to the car with his friends, um, which is just crazy. I think the whole this whole encounter is insane, um, in like the coolest possible way. So. I don't know. I think that's neat. I would love to to kind of, like, dig a little bit more on, like, fire demons. Like, that's a fun name for it and not super accurate as to what, you know, this, whatever it was is. Um, but I would, I would like to kind of know if there were any more alien encounters just across the globe in a general sense that featured a flaming humanoid. Um, because I would love to kind of get a, a better picture, you know, of what this creature looked like or what this being, be, what characteristics it had, you know, humanoid is very vague. So, uh, so yeah, that's what I have for you guys this week. Um, and I will be back next week. I do actually, um, <laughs> I will actually record an episode and not go on vacation and leave my laptop and, uh, wake up at two in the morning and forget it. So, um, I will have another episode for you coming up. <laughs> Um, that being said, thanks so much for listening, um, and I will see you guys next time. And another quick reminder that Cryptid Bash 2 is going to be awesome, August 6th at Morgantown Art Party in Morgantown, West Virginia. Definitely be there. It's going to be amazing. All right, see you guys next week. Bye! <laughs>